azure eyes turned to gaze through the glass. Several of the men stepped forward as if involuntarily, and others visibly braced themselves. She shook herself, and her inhuman beauty came at them like a living wave. Moreland's smirk tightened, and his upper lip jerked sharply higher to expose his perfect teeth. Hello there. Hi. She examined Moreland's crisp, expensive suit with a trace of approval. Are you really important? It was hard to tell if Moreland was leering or snarling in response. Oh, I'd say so. Then I only want to talk to you. She scanned the other men disdainfully. Having all these people staring at me makes me feel so shy. She didn't look shy, but Moreland nodded almost indulgently. He made a quick motion to the young man in the lab coat, who hurried to tap at the control panel, cutting off Anais's sound. Do you mind, gentlemen? Moreland asked. We can observe through the monitors in the next room? The lab-coated man asked anxiously. She is, I mean, I am her primary handler, and I should know. Oh, I don't think so. Moreland's lip hiked up again. I don't think you should observe. I'd like to allow her. He cocked his head toward the tank, where Anais, piqued at not being able to hear what they were saying, was now swimming toward the glass. A chance to confide in me, privately. But, of course, you're aware, Mr. Secretary, that she suffered some very serious trauma. Those mermaids she was living with, all a fragile flower. Moreland agreed, grinning horribly. I'll use my most delicate touch. The young, lab-coated man didn't look particularly reassured, but he still nodded. The blue switch controls sound going into her side. The red cuts her off over here. Given the precautions we've taken, though, thank you, Mr... Hackett, Charles. Thank you, Mr. Hackett. I'll let you know when I need your assistance. Anais was tapping, though inaudibly, on her side of the glass. She was supporting herself in the deepest water with a slight circulating motion of her fins so that her face and shoulders floated just above the surface. Her hair rippled and shone around her, and she looked sulky and eager. Hackett gave her a coy little smile and a wave as he turned to leave. Even without any singing, one of the men observed as they walked to the door. She's still remarkably... Remarkably? One of his companions asked archly, eyebrows raised. Compelling, I would say. I'd use a different term, frankly. Secretary Moreland didn't watch them go. Instead, he was staring fixedly into Anais's blue eyes, though the look on his face didn't exactly suggest attraction. It was somewhere between caressing and murderous, and a smirk kept tweaking his lips. Once everyone was gone, he reached to flip the sound back on, still keeping his gaze locked on Anais's face. Better now, tadpole. Anais pouted. Her lips were slick with strawberry-pink gloss. You have a problem. I'd say there are some other, you really can't call them people, some other nasty animals who have much bigger problems these days. 
You should be very, very thankful that we're taking such good care of you, when you could be in the same mess as your little killing machine friends. Anais shrugged impatiently, sending a quick surge through the water around her. Her hair lapped at her shoulders. She was wearing a sparkly, sky-blue tank top that matched her tail almost perfectly, and diamond studs sparked in her ears. I don't care about that. Charlie told me about that boat of yours that got trashed. Charlie? Mr. Hackett. He said there was a big wave that came out of nowhere and, like, totaled the boat with you guys on it. After... Anais suddenly seemed a bit uncomfortable. After... I surrendered. I knew you'd want to talk to one of us if we just acted nicer. And... That wave didn't come out of nowhere, I think, Tadpole. You shouldn't assume that Mr. Hackett's information is entirely...